Boys and girls, welcome to another chapter from Stories from the Front Porch. Tall in his marvelous adventures with Noomzor Noom and Millie Tinkle. Things are getting quite interesting, boys and girls. Miskatalik's just sitting inside today and not on her side porch. The weather is a little bit breezy and it's real early in the morning still. I wanted to wake up just after sunrise. I tried to go outside and sit on the side of my house where my chairs are, but it was just a little bit too cold to do so. So I'm inside with a fire going and the sun is starting to get higher up in the sky and it is going to be a beautiful day. Happy Halloween to all of you. I really hope that you've been able to spend some time with your parents and your siblings, carving pumpkins, maybe even having a little play date with a friend or two. Miss Katalik got to hang out with some of her friends over Halloween, and it was quite sweet. Wow. So... Noomzor Noom and Tall and Millie Tinkle have been going on quite an adventure, and they've almost made it all the way to Troom. The last we heard in Chapter 13, we heard about the Lightning Sisters, all 100 of them, and how Tall tricked the Father Thunder into letting them escape. We also heard about the giant blacksmith where they found Millie Tinkle in the crystal block. It was really sad that Millie Tinkle had disappeared for a short while, but it was also really relieving to know that she was safe. I'm not all that surprised. Millie Tinkle seems like she takes good care of herself. Well, boys and girls, get ready to tuck into the next chapter of Tall and His Adventures with Nooms or Noom. In this chapter, we finally get to hear all about the city of Troom. Here we go. All that day and all that night, they followed the silver road across the plain. They saw nothing, no men, no animals, no living thing of any kind. Not once did they stop, not even to sleep or eat. But Tall did not grow tired, for his silver sandals carried him along with no effort whatsoever. On the morning of the second day, they came to an amber cliff, so high that when Tall stood at the bottom and looked up, the top was out of sight. At the foot of this cliff, the road ended, and where the road ended, there was a door. Noomzor Noom stopped and said, No one can get, pat get to the top of this cliff without first becoming part animal. What do you mean? asked Tall. I'll show you, said Noomzor Noom. He opened the door, and the three of them went into a square room. The walls of the room were covered with shelves, and on the shelves were rows and rows of miniature animals carved out of amber. There was an amber elephant, an amber tiger, an amber eagle, an amber kangaroo, an amber giraffe, 
and as many other kinds of animals as you can think of. In front of each animal was a little amber cup filled with a clear liquid that looked very much like water. Noomzor Noom picked up one of the cups and said, this cup was in front of the elephant. If I take a sip, then I become part elephant. What part? asked Tal. My nose will grow into a trunk, said Noomzor Noom. But that won't help you get up the cliff, said Tal. I don't see what the use is really of drinking it. There's none, said Noomzor Noom. But if I drank the cup in front of the eagle, then I would have wings and I could fly to the top of the cliff. I see what you mean, said Tall. I could drink from the cup in the front of the crow and I could grow black wings and could fly. But if I drank from the cup in front of the dog, I'd only learn how to bark. Is that right? Yes, said Noomzor Noom, but there's no way of really telling what part of you will change. And as you can only drink from one cup, it's really important that you choose some animal that will likely help you to get up the cliff. Otherwise, you're going to have to stay at the bottom. I'm going to drink from the same cup you do then, said Tall. Then I'll know what's going to happen to me. Mm, you can't do that, said Noomzor Noom. We each have to take a different cup, and you must swallow only one sip. If you take more than that, there's no telling what will happen to you. Well, what does Millie Tinkle do? She has to drink too, said Noomzor Noom. She can't get up without changing. After that, they went around the room and looked at all the little animals one by one. Then Millie Tinkle said, If I had hind legs like those of a kangaroo, in one hop I could reach the top of the cliff. With these words, she picked up the cup in front of the kangaroo and took a sip of liquid. By the time she had put the cup back in place, and walked through the door, her legs began to grow. In a few minutes, she had such tremendous kangaroo legs that she could hop hundreds of yards at a time. She turned to Noomzor Noom and said, I'm going now, I'll see you at the top of the cliff. And off she went down the silver road. Hop, hop, hop. Soon she was a mere speck miles away across the plain. Before she had disappeared altogether, she turned around and started back at full speed. Faster and faster and faster she came, and closer and closer, until it seemed that in one more hop, she would dash herself headlong against the cliff. But she never took that last hop. Instead, she gave a terrific jump and shot straight up into the air. Up and up she went, straight over Tall's head and out of sight. And as she did not come down again, Noomzor Noom knew that she must have reached the top. Will I be able to do that? asked Tall. It must be fun to hop along like that. You'll have to be something else, said the old man. No one else can drink out of the kangaroo's cup today. Hmm. Can you just tell me what cup to drink out of? said Tall. I'll drink out of any one you say can't do that, said the old man. You have to choose for yourself. Anyhow, I'm going next, so you'll be able to watch me and know what to do. But I don't want to be left alone. Let me go along with you, Tall said. That's also not possible, said Noomzor Noom. I've got to be to the top to look out for you when you come. 
but there's nothing to be afraid of. Choose your animal and drink out of the cup in front of it. Then just do what you feel like doing. I might choose the wrong one. Then I'd be left here and I'd never see you again. Don't worry about that, said the old man. If you want to be absolutely safe, drink from the cup in front of any one of the birds. That's what I'm going to do. Then Noomzor Nooms drank from the cup in front of the eagle. And after that, he went out of the room and stood near the foot of the cliff. While he stood there, his arms slowly grew feathery and turned into wings. He flapped them and said, I'm going now. When you've had your drink, come out of the room and shut the door. With these words, he spread his wings and flew off to the top of the cliff. Tal watched him disappear from sight. Then he went inside the room. He thought, which cup had I better try? I have seen what the kangaroo does, and I have seen Noomzor Noom grow wings like an eagle. It would be fun if I tried something else. He forgot all about what the old man had told him, that he would be safe if he took a cup from in front of a bird. Instead, Tal went from animal to animal, wondering which one to try. When he came to the giraffe, he stopped and said, If I drank from your cup, I would grow long legs and could step onto the top of the cliff. That would be more fun than anything else. So he reached up and took the cup in his hand. He put it to his lips and sipped the liquid. It tasted so good that without another thought, he drank the whole cup dry. Then he hurried from the room and slammed the door behind him. And all of a sudden, his legs and his necks began to grow, but his body stayed the same. Soon he was so unsteady on his feet that he had to lean back against the cliff to balance himself. Still, his neck and legs kept on growing. His head got farther and farther and farther from his body, and his body got farther and farther away from the ground. He looked down, and he could see his sandals shining like two silver specks far below. Am I never going to stop, he thought? No giraffe ever had a neck or legs like this. Perhaps I should not have drank so much. Meanwhile, he went right on growing until his head was at the top of the cliff, his body halfway up, and his feet still on the ground. He turned around and saw Millie Tinkle and Noomzor Noom. He said, I drank from the cup in front of the giraffe. Look what has happened to me. What shall I do? How much did you drink? asked Noomzor Noom. All of it, said Tall. I told you to only take a sip, said the old man. I can't do anything for you. When your body comes by, if I can pull you back and make you sit down here, then you will become your own size again. I don't want to grow anymore, shouted Tall, for all the times his neck was getting longer and his head farther away from the top of the cliff. Please help me stop. I never disobey you again. I promise. I promise you I won't. Please. Please. Please! I've got to wait until your body comes by, shouted Noomzor Noom, for Tal was so far away now. When your legs are so long that your body is up here, then I'll try to make you sit down. 
If once you sit on the edge of the cliff, you will shrink to your own size again. What did you say? shouted Tall. Say it again. I, I, I can't hear you. I said, started Nooms or Noom. Then he stopped, for he saw that Tall's head was too high up in the sky for the boy to hear anything. So he and Millie Tinkle sat down and waited. They waited for a long time, and finally a pair of shoulders appeared, then a back, then a pair of hips. Come on, said Nooms or Noom to the donkey. Take hold of his sarong and pull with all your might. Millie Tinkle took hold of Tall's sarong with her teeth, and the old man pulled on it with his two strong hands. In this way, with a great deal of effort, they managed to make Tall sit back onto the edge of the cliff. Then his legs began to shrink up, and his head shrunk down until he became his own size once more. He turned to the old man and said, Is this the top of the cliff? Did my legs grow that long? They did, said Nooms or Noom. No one ever came up the cliff that way before. It's lucky you didn't go on growing forever. I'm glad I didn't, said Tall. I don't ever want to grow that tall again. You shouldn't have drunk so much, said the old man severely. I told you to take only a sip. I know it, said Tall. I'm sorry, I didn't do what you told me not to. It just tasted so good, I couldn't stop drinking. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. Well, you know now, said Nooms or Noom. The next time, perhaps, you'll listen and do what I tell you. I will, said Tall. I promise you, I will. Won't you tell me what made me stop growing? Nooms or Noom said, The minute you sat down on the top of the cliff, that broke the spell. What spell? asked Tall. The spell that the liquid cast over you when you drank it, said Nooms or Noom. The same thing happened to Millie Tinkle and me. Otherwise, we'd still be part animal. It would be unfortunate to have to stay part animal all your life. But that's what happens to those who drink the liquid and are not able to get up the amber cliff. I'm glad I got up, said Tall. But why did we have to come? Where are we? We're on the plateau that Troom is on. All we have to do is follow the silver road and we'll go straight to Troom. I don't see the road. I haven't seen it at all. It's right behind you, said the old man. Tall turned around and there was the silver road not far from where he sat. He said, I thought it stopped at the bottom of the cliff. It did, said Nooms or Noom, but it begins again up here. If we start walking now, we'll be in Troom this evening. Are you going to read me any more stories? asked Tall. I'm afraid there's no time, said the old man with a sigh. I may have a chance later to read one more, but that will be all. You be thinking them over, so you can tell me which you like best. I'll ask you when we get near Troom, but for now we must be hurrying along. The three of them got up and started off onto the silver road. All the rest of that day they followed it across the plateau. Late in the afternoon, Tall saw in the distance a flat-topped hill that was all white and rose high above the surrounding land. He looked at it and said, 
What's that white hill in the distance? It looks to me as if it were covered with snow. That's the hill that Trum is on, said the old man. It is not covered with snow. In fact, it is all made of pure ivory. The city of Trum is built on top of it. How come we don't see any houses? asked Hall. Because there is a high ivory wall around the city, said Noomzor Noom. That wall is higher than the tops of the houses. That's why you can't see them. What do the houses look like? They're shaped like eggs, standing on end, said Noomzor Noom, and they're all painted bright colors. Like Easter eggs? asked Tall. Exactly, said the old man. It must be fun to live in a house like that, said Tall. You must make King Tazarin let me into the city so I can see the houses. He will, won't he? Noomzor Noom said nothing. He walked on as if he had not heard the boy's words. The road led them straight toward the hill until they were quite near. Then it turned, circled completely around the hill seven times, and ended up at the foot of a flight of silver stairs. There, Noomzor Noom stopped and sat down on the bottom step. He said, This is as far as you can come with me. No children are allowed to go beyond here. Sit down while I read you one more story. I think there's time for it before the sun goes down. Then you can wait here till I come back. If I don't come back, Bigo the blacksmith knows where you are, and he'll take you to his house. Please don't leave me. I want to go into the city. You can't, said Noomzor Noom. If you come in with me, King Tazarin will seize you and put you to death. I don't care, said Tall. I want to go into the city. You can't, said Noomzor Noom. If you come in with me, I already told you what will happen. You mustn't act that way. There is nothing I'd rather do than take you, but it cannot be done. Please sit and listen to this story. Then tell me which one you like best of all that you have heard. Tal sat down heavily and crossed his arms. I don't want to. I want to go to Troom. You've got to tell me, said Noomzor Noom. The only reason I brought you along was because I thought you could choose a story that would open the door. I know it, said Tall with a heavy sigh. I'm sorry I spoke like that. You read the story and I'll listen. Then Noomzor Noom began to read a story called The Great Giant Bunga. But before he got halfway through it, the sun set, and there was not enough light to read by. He said, I can't see to read anymore. I'll have to leave the story unfinished. Read just a little more, said Tall. It's the best story you've read yet. It's too dark to see, said the old man, but I'll tell you how the rest of the story goes. And he went on and on and told Tall as much of the story as he could remember. Then he said, if you wish, I can tell you how some of the other stories go that I haven't read. Perhaps you like them better. You don't have to, said Tall. I know that the story about the giant will open the door. Any child would like that story. Are you sure? asked Noomzor Noom. I know it will, said Tall. Then Noomzor Noom was pleased. He believed that the story Tall chose would really open the door. 
He said, If you like the story as much as that, I shall read it before the king. I didn't think any of my stories would please you so much. That one does, said Tall. It's the best story I've ever heard. But I may be wrong. You can't be, said Noom Zornoom. I have a feeling that your choice is right. All along, I've known that you would save me from prison. I haven't saved you yet, said Tall, for he was afraid that Nooms or Noom was too hopeful. I don't want you to be disappointed. Then Millie Tinkle flapped her ears. The little golden bells tinkled, and she said, Tall has chosen the right story. It will open the door. When Nooms or Noom heard these words that his donkey spoke, he had no more doubts. He said, Millie Tinkle always speaks the truth, so she must be right this time. Of course I'm right, said Millie Tinkle, but you should do something for Tall because he has chosen the right story. What can I do more than I've done? asked the old man. You can take him to Troom, said Millie Tinkle. How can I? asked Nooms or Noom. You know King Tarazin's orders. Let Tall crawl inside the crystal box and I'll carry him on my back, said the donkey. No one will know he's there. Yes, shouted Tall with delight. I can get inside the crystal block. Noomzor Noom thought for a moment, and then he said, But what will happen if by any chance I don't open the door? There's no chance of that, said the donkey. Animals sometimes know more than humans, and I know that you're going to open it. If you're that certain, said the old man, then Tall can come. But no one must know that he is inside the block. No one will, said Tall. I'll keep perfectly quiet. So the old man opened the end of the crystal block and Tall crawled in. There was just enough room for him to lie down if he curled up with his knees close to his chin. Of course, he was cramped and uncomfortable, but he did not mind that. After Tall had crawled in, Nooms or Nooms slid the back end of the block leaving a small crack for air to pass through. When this was done, he lifted the block up to the donkey's back and covered it with the golden cloth. Then he told Millie Tinkle to go ahead, and together they walked up the long flight of silver stairs. At the top, they came to an ivory gate. On either side of this gate stood two guards. Each of them wore a golden helmet and a golden coat of mail and each carried a golden lance with a diamond head. When Nooms or Noom came to the gate, the guards stopped him and said, You are just in time, Nooms or Noom. The stories are to be told tonight. King Tazarin has ordered us to tell you to go straight to the palace. He has been expecting you back for many days. By now, he thinks you are not coming. Nooms or Noom said, I have been on a long journey and have gathered my stories. Only with great difficulty did I get back to Troom. Then one of the guards said, What's that on your donkey's back? Tell us before we can let you pass. The king wishes us to examine everything that is brought into the city. We must do as we are told. That, said Nooms or Noom, is a block of black crystal. I have written my stories on it, that I might not forget them. What do you mean? said the guards. We don't understand you. 
I'll show you, said Noomsar Noom. He lifted the cover off of one corner of the block and showed the guards how the black surface was covered with golden letters. Then they believed what he said. They asked him no more questions, but made up their minds to let him pass. After telling him to go straight to the palace, they rapped on the gate with their lances and opened it. Noom Zornoom and Millie Tinkle went into Troom. By that time, night had fallen. It was pitch black. But the streets of Troom were paved with colored cobblestones that shone in the dark. Some were red, some were blue, some yellow, some green, and some orange. No matter what color they were, they all shone brilliantly and gave off enough light to illuminate the streets. On either side of the streets were rows of egg-shaped houses. They too shone, each with its own light, so that all of Troom seemed ablaze with many colors of the rainbow. It was a wonderful sight. But Tall could not enjoy it, because from inside of the crystal block, he could see nothing. Noom Zornoom and Millie Tinkle followed one narrow street after the other. They stopped for nothing, but turning this way and that, they made their way through the city to the palace. The palace was a huge egg-shaped building, many times as big as any of the other houses. It was gold in color and it shone like the sun. The windows were made of rubies and gave off a blood-red light. In front of the palace was a square, all paved with golden cobblestones. Around the square stood crowds of people, waiting anxiously to hear what success attended the storytellers. Just as Noom Zornoom arrived in front of the palace, a man came forth, holding a torch in one hand and a scroll in the other. He walked to the middle of the square, and there he stopped. The noise of the crowd dwindled to a deathly silence, while the man unrolled the scroll and read. O oh, people of Troom, nine years ago tonight, my son was carried away from the throne room of the palace. At the time that he was stolen, the golden door prophesied and said, that when a story was told that would please the door, then the door would open, and my son, your prince, would be returned. Every year for eight years, five stories have been told before the golden door. But so far, none has pleased it. Tonight, for the ninth time, the stories are to be told. If the door be opened, and if my son may be returned, then will happiness and joy be spread throughout Troom. If the door be not opened, then we must continue in sorrow. And until the time that the door is opened, no children shall be allowed to leave or enter Troom. This is my order, and by my power as king of Troom it shall be obeyed. Signed, King Tazarin of Troom. After reading this proclamation, the man with the torch returned to the palace. Once more, the people began to talk and chatter, and their voices made 
a great din. Then, Noomzor Noom and Millie Tinkle pushed their way through the crowd, crossed the square, and went to the palace door, where they were met by a guard who said, It is good you have come, Noomzor Noom. You are just in time. Leave your donkey here and follow me. I must take my donkey with me, said Noomzor Noom. My stories are written on the crystal block she carries on her back. No donkeys are allowed in the palace, said the guard. I can't come without her, said the old man. If you won't let her in, I can't read my story. I don't know what to do, said the guard. No one has ever asked to bring a donkey into the palace before. You let me in with her, said Noomzor Noom. If King Tazaran is displeased, I shall take the consequences. So the donkey was allowed to pass. She and Noomzor Noom followed the guard up a flight of golden steps and down a long corridor with diamond walls. At the end, they turned into a small room that opened off the throne room. The other four storytellers were already in this little room. Noomzor Noom was the last to come. When he entered with Millie Tinkle, the other men greeted him and said, We are glad to see you. We thought you were not coming. But why have you got the donkey with you? And what is on its back? It's a crystal block, said Noomzor Noom. All the stories I have gathered are written on it. They said, You have to tell the story. You cannot read it. What difference does it make? asked Noomzor Noom. They said, it depends on what King Tazarin says. We know that he will only laugh at you. If you go before him with a donkey and a crystal block, he will think you are making a fool of him. Why should he? said Noomzor Noom. He doesn't care, as long as I open the door. What else can I do? Tell me and I'll do it. The block is too heavy to carry. Without the donkey, I could not have got it here at all. They laughed at the old man and teased him and said, King Tazarin will think you as stupid as your donkey. He will not even listen to your story. He will have you thrown right out of the palace. Take our advice, Noomzor Loom. Learn your story by heart. There is still time. I will do as I've planned, said Noomzor Noom. If I am throw out, it will be my own fault, no one else's. And all the time he thought to himself, they are afraid that my story is better than theirs. They may as well be, for the story of the giant is going to open the door. Millie Tinkle said so. While the storytellers were thus talking together in the small room, a trumpet sounded in the throne room, and King Tazarin came in. He was a stout man, all dressed in gold and silver robes, and on his head he wore a crown of jewels. His shoes were made of coral, and in the toe of each shoe was set a sparkling pink diamond. Walking beside him was the queen. She was thin and pale, and all the splendor of her attire only made her face seem more sorrowful and sad. In the many years since her son was stolen away, she had not been seen to smile once. After them came the courtiers and the guards. The king mounted the throne and sat down. Beside him sat the queen. The courtiers took their places on either side of the throne, and behind them stood the guards, forty 
on each side of the king. They were dressed the same as the guards at the ivory gate, and each held a lance in one hand and a tall candle in the other. These candles they arranged around the throne so that the light from them danced and sparkled in the jewels on the king's crown. After everyone had taken his place, the king said in a gruff, harsh voice, Bring me the golden bowl. With these words that he spoke, one of the guards brought him a golden bowl and held it before him. Then the king dropped five gold coins into the bowl and said, Carry the bowl into the storytellers and let them each draw a coin. He who draws the coin with the lowest number on it will tell his story first. He who draws the highest will come last. The others will come before me according to their number. After the king had finished speaking, the guard made a low bow and went from the throne room into the room where the storytellers were. There he passed the bowl around and each drew a coin. When they came to compare their numbers, it was found that Noom's or Noom was the highest. The other storytellers laughed and said, You will have to wait until the last. It serves you right for bringing the donkey. If one of us opens the door, you will not have a chance to go before the king, and your efforts will have been in vain. If we fail, you will see us thrown into prison, and you will know what fate awaits you. Nooms or Noom said, I am content with my lot. I shall be able to hear your stories before I tell mine. If one of you opens the door, I shall be pleased. If you don't, I shall still have a chance to open it and free you all from prison. It is good that I shall go last. While they were still talking, a trumpet sounded in the next room, and all became silent. Not a sound was to be heard. Then the trumpet sounded again, and the first storyteller knew that his time had come to go before the king. He bade his companions goodbye, walked through the door into the throne room, where the king, queen, and courtiers awaited him.